Welcome. Welcome to Modern Mind. To Modern Mind. Ancient book. Ancient book. Where we together explore one of the most important books in human history. Welcome back to another Modern Mind Ancient Book. Today you're joining Doug and I for a survey of the book of Leviticus. We've gone through Genesis, Exodus. Uh, Exodus leads us to Leviticus in Exodus. Israel is led by Moses from servitude in Egypt through the, uh, through the Red Sea, actually. Then to the other side, they arrive at Mount Sinai. They receive the law. And the tabernacle is consecrated. So today, we're going to talk about the book of Leviticus, which furthers the story. Doug, say hello. Hello, everybody. Well, Doug, are you excited? I am excited because this is a book that's important, but oftentimes is overlooked. Yeah, it's, it's important because as Israel started to become a nation, they were under Egypt, and now they are becoming the nation of Israel. Yet, they're still in the wilderness. So, they received the Ten Commandments, but now the book of Leviticus records a furthering of the law, a greater, they're expounding on what is the law. And part of this, a great part of this, is the sacrificial system. The title from Hebrew translates to, and he called. Doug, do you have any comments on that? Just that the Hebrew is pronounced, uh, yeah, something along those lines. I, I wasn't even going to give it a try, to be honest with you. Then the Septuagint, or the Greek, is similar, but it actually translates to that pertaining to the Levites, and that refers to the law in regards to the priests and their offerings. Who wrote this book? Why Moses wrote this book, just like he wrote the other five books of uh, the Torah. Yeah, the other four, but that's the tradition, right? Moses wrote this book. The, the formation of this country, modern-day country today, of this nation at the time, from the Hebrews to go to the land of Canaan, was led by a man named Moses. Now, the historicity for that is pretty good. The Jewish people have kept a very good account of um, the formation of their nation in the form of the Bible. It's not something that's contested for the most part. There are some theories, like you had mentioned in previous episodes, but for this podcast, we're going to go with the traditions that were carefully kept for all these millennia, millennia. And affirm that Moses is indeed the author of this particular book. What do you think, date-wise, Doug? Have you done any research on this? Well, the the date that we're going to go with here, again, there's always some uh, hesitation about this, but it was uh, uh, 1445 uh, 
BCE? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go with the Wilderness Wanderings, the Exodus Generation, which makes a lot of sense because, again, and this is the interesting part, and we'll continue to talk about this theme as we go through these books, but you have Genesis, which was... um, a polemic against the Egyptian worldview of creation, mainly. Then you have the founding fathers of the nation. Then you have Exodus, where the god Pharaoh was outdone by the god of Israel, or the Hebrews. Then we get to Leviticus, and we now have the Ten Commandments. We have the tabernacle, but now we must offer the proper sacrifices. Enter Leviticus. That's right. We have um, all kinds of offerings. We have burnt offerings, grain offerings, peace offerings, sin offerings, uh, trespass offerings, and I haven't even completed the list. And the other thing I get excited about at the end of the uh, the book are the uh, the festivals. Yes, the festivals are very very important. Let's go back to the offerings, though, Doug. In a modern mind, we don't understand the need for blood sacrifices. We read it in this book. We understand it in this book. Let's talk a little bit about the way the modern mind should approach this particular text. Doug, why would this nation have a system of blood sacrifices? Well, the easiest answer is that it's something that um, God required. Also, um, there is the idea that any time that there is a a trespass or a sin, that it requires uh, a substitute and there's a need to atone for it. Indeed, you know, other civilizations uh, throughout the world have sacrifices. So sacrifice is not something uh, unique to, to any culture, but there's something in the psyche of, of, of the human being, I think, that recognizes this. Um, and if, if you do believe that the book of Leviticus uh, did come from God, it's a requirement that God has for people, his people, Israel especially. Good points, Doug. And that is exactly where we needed to go. Because in reality, the modern mind today may take offense with this. But the fact is, is that Leviticus is a continuance of Exodus. Exodus had a sacrificial um, offering in place of the firstborn, which was created the holiday of Passover or Pesach. And so that theme continues on into Leviticus. And you have offerings that are sacrifices to God in place of things like sin or for childbirth and things like that. So now one of the most important things for the modern mind to understand is that the surrounding nations had these systems in place as well. Israel is not a one-off, strange nation, but instead it exists within the context of the time. 
So, Egypt certainly had sacrifices. The Canaanites certainly had sacrifices. Later on, Babylonians certainly had sacrifices. All the nations around them had sacrifices. In fact, Jethro, the priest of Midian, offered sacrifices. So, in this particular book, the sacrificial system separates out the nation of Israel from the surrounding nations by not the sacrifices, but the way that they do sacrifices, the reasons that they do sacrifices, and for what end are the sacrifices. So, for instance, you see no child offerings, no human offerings. That, at the time, was fairly common. Israel never had such a thing. And in my mind, that's a positive. So, when I'm reading through the book of Leviticus, as a modern mind, I want to consider that even today, in various nations, including India and some others, people still offer blood sacrifices. Isn't that right, Doug? That, that, that is right. Um... You know, the, the other thing I want to talk a bit about is uh, the law of Lex Talianus. You know what that is, don't you, Roger? No, Doug, please explain. The concept of eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. The reason why this is so important is that in other cultures, the idea that people were equal, that somebody who was in power could destroy somebody who was not in power was completely uh, normal. So the idea that that your eye, if you were just somebody who was eking out an existence, was worth the same value as somebody who was the king or a tribal leader was a completely new concept. Rather than being something that's barbaric, it was the idea of justice. And this was completely new for that culture. Yeah, new indeed for not just that culture, but the surrounding cultures. And it's a continuance of the theme that we find in Genesis. Because God created all human beings in his image. They were to be treated appropriately. They are unique. They are special. They are, in some sense like God. So good to point that out, Doug. We have a Bible that actually records the beginning of what today we call equality. So that's that's an interesting fact, and it is a fact. So we've ran through a good portion of the book of Leviticus. So one of the things that stands out and one of the things that we probably should talk about are indeed the festival. We saw the creation of Passover in Exodus, which is a very, very important holiday. But now we get to the festivals of what, Doug? Well, you have uh, Passover, you have the festival of unleavened bread. You have the festival of first fruits. You have the festival of Pentecost, oftentimes Shavuot, 
you have the festival of trumpets. Uh, you have uh, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Uh, you have uh, Tabernacles, Sukkot. And even at the end, you have a discussion, while it's not a, a, a particular holiday, but the, the Jubilee commandments for the nation of Israel. Um, are there any of these that you want to discuss right now? We can't cover them all, but but is there any particular holiday you want to talk about for a minute? Yeah, I would actually like to um, to focus on the Jubilee for just a minute or two. So today, the modern mind, we sure could use a break. Uh, we always have lots of worries, lots of stress, and the Jubilee is actually a very interesting thing that you find in the Bible. In terms of every 50th year, all debt is erased, all land is returned, everything is made new. Can you imagine every, what is what would that be, Doug, every two generations approximately? Generations are about 20 years? Is that right? Uh, you know, it would be, let's say, probably at least once in once in uh, everyone's lifetime. So, uh, if you if you live to be at least fifty, you would you would see one jubilee. You know, in Hebrew tradition, uh, there's a blessing that you may live to be 120 years. So, you could see two two jubilees, uh, or even. You know, if, if you were if you were you were born in in the year of a jubilee and lived another another you know fifty fifty years or so, you could see two. So uh, it would be something that people would be discussing uh, if it had just passed, or something people were looking forward to, uh, especially if you were deeply in debt. That's the truth. And now we're on to the book of Numbers. Doug, thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us at Modern Mind, Ancient Book. We hope you're enjoying this. We ask you to share the podcast. We're Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible. We're all over the place. Uh, Doug, say goodbye. Let me say goodbye to everybody. Roger, I have one more question for you. If they want to email us, if they have questions or comments, uh, do we have an email that they can contact us on? Modern Mind, Ancient Book at gmail.com. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us. Come back soon. Thank you for joining us for Modern Mind, Ancient Book. We hope that the time spent with us was valuable for you. It certainly was for us. Like Isabella said, please come back soon.